We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. Here with the fellas, the squad, and we have uh, an additional hand set of hands with us today. Um, he's he's a black educator here in West Oakland. He, he he teaches at Kip, and he just held an amazing event for parents today at our offices. We wanted to start off. We got some structure today. Thank you, Ray, for some structure. But the first topic we wanted to have a discussion about was this issue in Orlando, an Orlando charter school with a six-year-old girl that got arrested. And the video of it is just really, really difficult to watch. Um, can one of you fellas actually walk us through it, uh, Ray or Sharif? Either one is fine. It's going to have to be Sharif. Sharif, you want to walk us through what happened? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I could not uh, bring it to myself to to watch the video. Um, I'm just not in a mental space to to watch a, a six-year-old be tortured. You know, I read a couple, you know, articles and, and, and comments about it, but basically six-year-old in a, in a charter school in Florida had a temper tantrum. Uh, I believe the, the worst part of it was that she kicked the assistant principal in his ankle um, or, or something. Um, but they, you know, somebody there called the police. Uh, by the time the police get there, she's calm. She's talking to a staff member and he walks in and I guess, you know, kind of showing off these uh, zip cuffs. And she's like, you know, what's that or who are those for? And he's like, it's for you. And she's like, you know, what do you mean? Mm. And he, he proceeds to uh, put these cuffs on her and she's uh, just screaming um, for help. And the adults in the school, you know, watched this happen, watched him walk her out. And, you know, just the trauma that was described. Um, I was traumatized just thinking about it, you know, because I, you know, part of, uh, you know, I think part of working with children, you, you think about your own children and their spaces and you think about them in your children's spaces. And it's part of your village and part of your community. and. Like it was, it was just devastating to hear, and it's not the first time. It won't be the last time, unfortunately. Uh, they they did say they uh, read somewhere where they fired the officer because he didn't follow the protocol. You know, um, they should, the headline should have said he was fired because he was an ass and and a and you know and and a, just a, a child abuse. Like that's I, I just can't see how that's not anything less than than um, horrific child abuse. Yeah, man, that's um, just it's just tough. So- so ahead, my my take on 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 this subject is that all right, well, you know everything that's coming at this officer, I one hundred percent agree with. It should come like the the heat should come to but this not officer. just him, right? Exa- exactly, that's exactly my point. And so this charter school, this charter school should be shut down. Every administrator that has something to do with this situation should be fired. And I want to make myself one hundred percent clear so that you guys know where I'm at with it. When a charter school does something that's like horrific and endangers a child's life, it should be closed. And I feel the same way about public schools. Uh, if you, if you're, if you, if if a child, if I can't send my child to your school with the thoughts of my child being safe at your school, because like the thought that like my daughter's five. Chris, you got to echo. Uh, you got to mute one of them, brother. There you go. My daughter's five years old, bro. And if this had happened to my daughter, uh, sadly, I think that I would be in prison. Man, uh, Chris, we just got we, we, we just got joined by our good brother, Chris. Uh, just jumping right in, Chris, we were having a conversation about, you know, the little girl in Orlando. And uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What's your take? We can't hear you if you're talking, but it's okay because I'm gonna come back to you while you get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. Hear you now. Can hear you, now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I heard what y'all were saying about possibly catching a case in a situation like this, and I'm so in touch with that emotion. I'm so in touch with that emotion, but I don't know. 
how these things keep happening. Uh, news report after news report after news report. It seems like the kids are getting younger and younger and younger. And I think, honestly, it's either that the media is covering it more and we're just starting to see more of the stories and we have more video evidence of stories like this. Um, or our kids are facing more trauma than they've ever had. And I keep hearing educators say that to me, like we're in a different ball game right now and schools don't know how to work with kids um, in things like having tantrums, throwing so, things, uh, potentially causing harm to themselves or to others. Um, I, I just hear educators say that there's more of it than they've ever seen. I mean, I, I worked at a, um, when I was a social worker, they, they, we have schools specifically for uh, kids with special needs. They're called spectrum schools here. Have you been to a spectrum school before? No. So, I mean, we have kids all the way from just being on the spectrum to level 13 kids, right? Like, well, we have like procedures and things that have to happen. And we still, we weren't arresting six, six year olds. You know what I mean? Uh, right before. Where was this? Where was the social worker? Huh? Where was the social worker? Where was the social worker? At this school? Yeah. Like, I mean. Oh, I don't know. You, I don't you, know see, all these, you see all of these schools. You see all these schools employing these resource officers and police officers or whatever. But, like, where was the damn social worker? And then were the some lo- other people in the room with her. That yeah, and the little girl was calm. Wrong. She was calm. Yeah. Well, she was asked. She said, help me. She was saying that to the educator, I think, that she had, had been setting with and had the best relationship with. And if you notice, I just want to point out something, Duke, because we talk a lot about racism on this show. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about white supremacy and white folks on this show. Every person in that chain of folks that I saw was a person of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, that's a black, a black run school and it should be shut down. Yeah. And, and the officer was black, the educators were black, um, and the child was black. If this was white folks, we'd be having a whole different conversation, I think, right now about white supremacy. Yeah. But black supremacy. Well, I mean, supremacy and black skin. Yeah, I, I was going to say it could be internalized, internalized exactly. racism, maybe. Yeah. But but what makes you play along with that? What makes you put the handcuffs on her? Right. Like, uh, how's that okay? I mean, it's hatred for kids, right? Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I and I hear you, Chris. I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if they can call you Chris. Look at that. I I don't know if it's. I think it's a combination of of more. I think media is covering it more. But like, when I just think about you know uh, when I was in high school and 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 uh, well, actually, I had just graduated, and my brother and his uh. You know, some of his friends, police officers just came in and bashed his friend in the back of the head, you know, with a nightclub, high school kid, you know, um, right in front of the school. And my brother intervened and, and he ended up, you know, locking him up, too. Right. Like and so that kind of abuse of power, um, you know, like that, that was heartfelt. I remember, you know, I sent you guys the, the article because we were talking when we were all together last week and. And thinking about, you know, our conversation. And and so when my 15-year-old son just gets grabbed by two cops because he has lemonade in his hand, right? And who knows what they, you know, what they would have done to him, you know? Like, so I, I, I do think it's a combination of, you know, I, the schools becoming more, you know, more... Uh, more black, right? They said, you know, students of color increasing, even though our population isn't really increasing, I think just a combination of other things and, and people just being ill-equipped to show love and decency um, to children. I mean, so I want to ask Marquise. So Marquise is an educator at KIPP out here in West Oakland, and he's also a brand new father. He just had a, a he has a newborn at the, at the crib. So now both as an educator, Marquise, and as a new father, what's your reaction to this six-year-old black girl who is actually really confused at the time when, because everything had kind of happened and she screams out, help me. What's your reaction to like hearing this news? And, and if you were one of the educators on that scene, what do you hope that you probably would have done in that moment? To be honest, um, I got two points. I'm going to hit on the teacher's side and I'm going to hit on the parent's side, parent accountability. Uh-huh. Um, Ashley, um, I forgot which one of y'all brought it up that the staff is all black. That's, that actually changed my whole mindset up about it. 
But um, that I was Ray. Like, and Ray run. Ray is also a superintendent of a charter network. Gotcha. Yeah. On the parent accountability part, I feel like um, with these situations, we do have to um, coach our kids about going to school, make sure you're being respectful to your teachers because I see it all the time. Bro, she, with has kids. Six, she has six yeah, no, 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 no. Her getting locked up, but I completely disagree with that. But I'm talking about just in the beginning, like making sure that your child is coming to school, doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just speaking that this was like a white school because we already know that um, a lot of these schools, they are white staff. They don't know how to handle our kids. They are scared of our kids. And we know- Bro, speak your truth, man. Don't let Charles bother you. Speak your truth. I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying. Yeah. I just know, <laughs> I know in situations- <laughs> I know in situations where um, where it get escalated, um, we that's when we had a situation of like police brutality or in a situation um, them being overly aggressive. But also on the parent side, I also see many times where it's kids that are acting out. I've been kicked plenty of times when I first got to the school that I work with, but the parent was nowhere to be found. So it's like when these situations come about, the parent needs to come to the school. Like when these situations happen the first time, the second time, the third time to avoid this situation even blowing up like that, like it blew up to even put that child in that situation. What that officer did was wrong. You feel me? Like that should have never had to happen. But at the end of the day, like when these situations first happen, like parents need to start coming to the school and like doing what they need to do to make sure that their child is being respectful when they're at the school as well too. Yeah, I get that, right? But like, and I- and no, 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 Charles. Let Chris, let, <laughs> let Chris jump in now. Chris- <laughs> what are your thoughts about what he just said? And I, I'm laughing because I know you probably agree with him. Because, so. <laughs> oh, I, I get what you're saying. Because Chris was talking about at some point, he's what you said a while ago, Chris, is at some point on this podcast, we're going to have to talk about the role that parents probably play or, or with kids or whatnot. So I guess that's why he wanted to hear from you. Yeah. I, I, so he's right. Because <laughs> that is something. <laughs> he's right. It is something I think we do not talk enough about on this podcast is that parents uh, have a role to play in all of this. And some of your little angels and your little babies that you send to the school every day aren't the angels that you think they are once they get in that classroom, right? And and teachers, I, again, I don't know if it's happening more often or not, but I read all these news reports that say that punching, kicking, and hitting teachers is on the rise. Like it has been on the rise for a while. And it's to the point now where some educators are leaving the field, not because of everything else we talk about, but because they feel like the kids are off the hook at this point. So it seems complicated to me in some ways, complex because educators have a role in this. Schools have a role in this. Adults all the way through and through. Parents, you know, everybody's got a role to play. So it's hard to point a finger at one scapegoat and say it's just because of A or just because of B because different things can be true at the same time. Right. Parents can be like off their job. They could, parents could be not doing what they're supposed to do. And at the same time, educators could be aggravating students in ways that they don't need to aggravate them or just not seeing them as babies, adultifying them, not seeing them as young, young people, not seeing them as kids and giving them the harshest punishment that they can give them. Right, right. I mean, I, I guess. All right, so, so I, 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 Charles, I mean, I guess, Charles, you didn't write the show, so be quiet. I, I don't get to have a thought or an opinion on what was you saying. <laughs> no, Marquise took your opinion. Oh, so, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, well, okay. Welcome to Eight Black Hands, brother. I will make my exit. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I, I agree with all of that. I actually agree with what Chris said, and and I agree. But what Mark, he said on the whole, right? Like I think on the whole, but, I, but we, we're talking about a very specific situation, right? Like she is six years old. Like, I, I, I don't know, unless that six-year-old had a weapon, a, a gun or something crazy like that, right? Like, I think that it didn't have to escalate to the place where it escalated. Like, I, I don't want to conflate two different things. And I think that it's like, look, in this specific instance, I don't think that that warranted that. And I think that's why we have that level of outrage. Albeit, and to be fair, we don't know every single thing that happened. We don't know all the history stuff in that piece. So, but I, I mean, do- it doesn't matter though, she's sick. Right, that's what I'm saying. And that, but that's my point. My point is in this case specifically, we talk, well, we wait a second, talk about things you're right. We, oh. but, but, but a question though, because mm-hmm. what they said was that earlier in the day that she had 
cause injury to people. Mm-hmm. Like her tantrum got so bad early in the day. So some of y'all are educators. What do you do? You don't want to put your hands on kids, but what we, what do you do with kids? They're getting so out of hand. They're either going to hurt you or hurt somebody else. And so basically when I said as a teacher, um, I honestly feel like we should have professional developments about this because in situations like this, like we don't even know what to do when um when a child is being physical. We just like we're not even trained to do anything. Like we just allowed them to have their moment. Like I had um young scholar pretty much tore up my whole classroom. My instruction was to just allow him to do it. But then as a parent side of it, it's just like if I get a call from the school that a child is hurting my child in school, I would want somebody to do something about it. You feel me? But it's just like going back to her getting arrested. Um that was wrong. Yes, it was. I'm going to go back to the police side of it. Like, for example, if somebody, um, I'm going to teach my son, be respectful to police officer. You pull you over, give him all the information that you need. If my son is being disrespectful to that, to that officer, I'm not going to be surprised if that officer does something to my son. You feel me? Do I want him to do that? No. But at the same time, that's the world that we live in. So therefore, we got to equip our children with the knowledge to um, go out into this world and understand that, yes, this can potentially happen. These people are scared of you. This this is what's going to happen. So you got to make sure that you're doing your job as a parent by um, equipping your, your child with the respect to go out and do what you need to do to represent your family. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I hear you. I just I mean, when you say. You wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the cop did something to your son if he's disrespectful. I wouldn't be son be surprised if they tried to do something to my son if if he was just walking down the street black. Right? Like, you know, like I don't Here I don't we think, go. Yeah, Here I mean, we go. listen, my my, my son Here was we four, go. But he was 14 and just being harassed by police. So, you know, like I, I have two sons. Each of them had run-ins with police for no reason. No reason. Do they whatsoever. have your attitude? I don't have an attitude, first of all. Bro. If, they have, if they have your attitude, they share your disposition. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I can be honest. Listen, my, my parents never had the talk uh, with me about how to, you know, um, be, you know, overly deferential to uh, people in authority. Like, I, I've never had that talk um, as a child. I don't really give that talk. Um, and I understand why families do. I, I definitely understand why. Um, but you know, like just to just just because you know we 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 understand like what happens in this country, and so you know there has to be more accountability than children being overly deferential to to some police officer. Like I, I just I can't get down with that. There was surprisingly more back and forth on this topic than I anticipated. I have to I have to admit I have to. Good job, Ray. Because I really did not expect all that. No, no, I can, I can, I can make a turn. I can make a turn left. <laughs> if you, if you need it, if you need it, I just get we, because we had that conversation the other day mm-hmm. about whooping. Oh yeah, and I mean, nobody yeah. said anything oh. about that. And this is the oh. perfect time to implement. Oh, we can talk about it here. Stop, stop beating black kids. There. No, the, reason, the reason why, I, the reason why I say that is because I know stop. some of our listeners maybe. One to five percent. <laughs> one, one to five percent. One to five percent. Are thinking? You know what they thinking? I, ain't I think. I, can, can I ask you this, right? Because I want. Because I do want to respect the way we had the topic, right? Like, can yeah. we transition yeah. from this specific? child. Because I think in a specific case, I think this case is too far. But I think the larger conversation that we're trying to extrapolate is is in here somewhere. And I'm going to just be honest with you. When I was, we were talking, like when I was in junior high, and and now we're talking about junior high school age and high school and up, when there was a fight and all of our resource officers were black, but when there was a fight, they kind of hemmed you up. Like they they was grabbing you and pulling you and you got grabbed and kind of him. I don't think they could do it then. I just think that they did. Right. But I remember one time I was acting up in elementary school and my dad came to the school and he had a talk with me in front of the class. And uh, and he told me what would what would happen, what this talk would look like the next time. I never had another issue at that school. Like I, I just. Be, and I was, I was talking, I was kind of out of line. I was being a little bit disrespectful. I was trying to be cute and cheeky with my friends. And, uh, and I was told that there would be different types of consequences. Um, 
And I don't know. Maybe maybe that was some traumatizing stuff, as 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 as, as Reef might point out. Maybe it was also some. Hey, man, these are adults, and you gotta and, and, and you're gonna respect these folks, and you're not gonna embarrass me in front of these people. But I do think it's. I mean, listen to what you just said, though. Ray. Yeah, yeah. You hear you hear I mean, that, right, Chris? Did you hear said, though? You hear what the academy yeah, has done to him? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. He's not wearing a bow tie. What are you talking about? He's not no. wearing a bow tie. Just stop it. Just no, stop. no, 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 no. I want to hear what Chris is saying. I want to hear what Chris's point. I mean, you just said a couple of operative words. My dad yeah. came down to the school <laughs> yeah. and had a conversation with me that I believed in. <laughs> I believe in this conversation. <laughs> That's <what we're> <laughs> <laughs> and so much so many layers. And, and, and let me finish. And you never had a problem like that again. I did not. Right? I, so I wouldn't have a problem. So there's a whole bunch of things missing it. A whole bunch of things missing in there. The dad. Right. The dad who comes to the that. school. Mm-hmm. The dad who comes to the school and sets you straight, and the dad who comes to the school and sets you straight, and you can believe in what he's telling. You. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! I mean, so, that's true. We, we just talked. We missing these ingredients. <laughs> but we just talked about this in Arkansas. There were so many dads in the crowd, and yeah. we said the next time we had an opportunity to put dads on a platform, that we weren't gonna come for people. And Chris, you up here coming for people? <laughs> no, no, I don't think he, I, don't, I, I, I didn't take it as him coming for somebody. I just think that I think no. made, I think he made some points though, and I and I think you know. But I think I think this is the conversation that that Chris was kind of tapping on from a while ago, right? Like, like it, none of this stuff is normally like just one sided on, on, on some things. I think this case is just so out of whack, and that it doesn't really create a space for us to have dialogue. But that's what the A Black Hands is for. We took this, we we acknowledged how wrong it was for what happened to that six year old, and we also had another conversation about what's actually happening in schools. All right, so, but real quick before you transition to the next topic, uh-huh. let's talk about this academic language, the academy, quote, unquote, this cute and cheeky shit. What is that? What you mean? You talking about when I said that? Yeah. What are you talking no, about? What, what no, are you talking I mean, about? Yeah, I don't, you, I think he's just making Cole a point about the language. Cute, cute and cheeky. He's making fun of him. <laughs> cheeky, uh, basically, it was just me. It's, a, it's another nice way for me saying I was running my mouth and I was being disrespectful after I didn't, I, it, like, the, the, the lady gave me some rope, and I took that rope. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know what you're saying. Me. I'm just but saying, I'm, you've changed. No, nah, I always, I, this term, I always say that. You anyway, got you. you just want to nitpick. I don't even know why I answered that question. But we can transition. <laughs> and thank you, Marquise, for your really honest answer. Uh, that made me quite nervous. But uh, <laughs> the next piece um, was uh, Mayor Pete. Uh, and Sawyer have bowed out of the race of the presidential uh, race, and, uh, and and so Ray, I'm gonna throw it to you first because you, you 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 built this topic. Um, yeah. What, what, what's so, your thoughts on it? <laughs> you went to the Republican first about what's going on in the Democratic Party. As some, That's wild, man. This is, That's this real wild. I, the reason why I'm gonna do that is because Ray actually produced the show. He had, he's the one who put the topics in, and I, you know he put it in for a reason. So I like to understand why from the Republican. We find with you whack Democrats and independent talking first. <laughs> I mean, I want to know why you put it in there. So, because I would, so I, 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 I put it, I put it, I put it, I put it in there because Tom, uh, how you say his last name? Uh, so, is it Sawyer? Say, Sawyer, Sawyer, Tom Sawyer is is a he's a genius. Anytime you hit the stage with. Juvenile for the nine nine two thousand. Oh my god! You are gonna get fourteen percent of the black vote. Oh my god! He got it. What, what are you talking? You can't. You can't make them type of statements with a freak Nick thing in, in your attitude. No, really he got it. Hey, hey, he was on rhythm. No. He was on beat. Hey, he was. Yeah, what? No, he wasn't. Losing all your credibility right now, uh, <laughs> Sharif. What's your, th- what's your thoughts, man? I, I mean, to be honest, I don't care. There's way too many of them. Yeah, it's, it's way too many of them in the beginning uh, for the jump, right? I, I, I don't, I really don't care. Yeah. Chris, uh, you might not care either, but what, what were your thoughts, Chris, when these two dropped out? Well, Chris don't like Mayor Pete. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I, Chris don't like anybody. But look, like, like, you know, what's that? That's two down and a few more to go. Right. And before we get to a real race here and start talking about some real ideas, I think Biden winning in South Carolina is a sign that black folks uh, have some, some thinking to do. Yeah, they have some, some thinking to do. And I don't know if y'all saw the breakdown. But the breakdown is pretty clear. I think he wants um, black people who are, but, but black people over a certain age who work with jobs with, with Biden. And that's uh, young black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young black people who want to get on the free stuff express uh, still that, voting for Bernie. That the, so it's kind old, of split, that the old black people going to have to pay for. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I call it the, uh, you know, I think we talked about it in a lot and one of the shows previously, like the, the whoopee bus, right? Like, I mean, like when, like when Whoopi Goldberg made that statement, <laughs> which Chris loved, by the way, um, I mean, I do. Uh, recently, what was the statement? Oh, well, Whoopi, I'll pull it up for you. You don't remember where she was basically, she basically was getting at millennials and saying, stop disrespecting the work that we did to kind of get you, like, you didn't just end up here. Like, stop calling us soft right. and weak and disrespecting our legacy. Like, and she was also kind of trying to be a, an, a, the adult in the room at the moment. Like, these things have to be paid for. Like, there's a system. Like, you're saying you're going to get these things without, like, the way you're talking lets me know that you haven't actually done things before. Um, no. And I think oh, a lot of, scissors. and she, re, I think she re-energized a lot of, she spoke for a lot of, older black people in that moment. And I think Chris was definitely one of those. Like I, Chris was like excited. I'll, I'll find the clip mm-hmm. while y'all are uh, chatting about it. I mean, it sounds like she was responding to one, one of the worst millennial quotes ever is like, you know, you saw it on people's shirts, like I'm not your, I'm not my grandma That's or something. Just, you know, just something so disrespectful. extremely disrespectful. Right. Um, I, I, I hated that quote. You know, I, I was seeing it over and over again, especially on Twitter, all the Twitter revolutionaries um, thinking they live. Um, and did on T-shirts, and I'm like, yo, that's whack. Mm. Uh, you want to jump in? I what do want to say oh, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, about specifically about Pete, whatever you think about him, him dropping out of the race means that the last person who would have been choice friendly in education would have been at least a little bit uh, pliable and bendable towards what I believe in, which is free choice for black folks in education, has dropped out of the race. Biden and everybody, Biden is the nicest out of all of them. And what he said is, specifically on charters and choice, he's just not with it. I'm not a fan, is what he said, of those th- those things. Even though, you know, what, when he was with Obama, he was with it, but now he's not. So Pete dropping out. See, I, I knew he was wasn't last, really, da- I knew guy. he wasn't really down with Obama. I knew it. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't down with Obama. <laughs> I mean, Obama gave him life. Obama was like reanimator in his career, like gave him like re- relevance. And, and he gave Obama gray hair, the look, the look of somebody who could, you know, young guy, old guy, it worked. But Pete dropping out, for, for what we always talk about in education on the Democrat side, that, that, was, that was pretty much it. That's the guy, that, that's the last guy out. Mm. Uh, what was your thoughts, man, about um, Marquise around this presidential? So basically, we lost two more presidential candidates. Um, Bro, he's right there. He's not listening. He's listening. He's right there. Calm so down. What the hell? Why you got to explain it to him? It's like, what, what, what is what wrong with you? Right what, what, you? You don't know how to treat guests. You know, like you want people. If I came here, Marquise is not a guest. He was here and I, before. And I asked you for some water. You be like, you know what? You just gonna send me in the kitchen just on the first visit. He huh? was what here you before. Do? The last time he was here, he had the cowboy hat on. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's oh, wait. Is that the same? Is that yeah. Aki Breaky Heart. Aki Breaky Heart. Marquise. No, no, no. It was like Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band. Oh my God. You sure you want to keep jumping in on the show, brother? Yeah, nah, let's get it. <laughs> what, what's your thoughts, man? They they gonna rib you, brother. What's your thoughts? To be honest, I'm just gonna keep it but um actually haven't been keeping updated after um Cory Booker dropped up. Mm. Like, that's the one who I was actually like kinda like rooting for. You and one other person in Jersey. <laughs> so, so now so my question, my Cole, my question is what does this have any implication for uh, Super Tuesday? I, I think it does. I think I think they need to clear it out. I think that people were like, hey, the, the, this is what the strategic play was, right? It was like, look, 
Pete, you taking votes away from Joe. Yeah. Hop out. Let Joe kind of let Joe cook. He tired, and they had the con- the same conversation with the other guy. And like, look, we need Joe. The establishment needs Joe to kind of be the person that comes because this is what Bernie and Elizabeth will spell for the party. Um, yeah. And I think that they're trying not to have a situation like the Republicans had a few uh, like eight years ago, twelve years ago with like the Tea Party, and now most recently with Trump, where like a small rebel band of folks have taken over their party. And I think that the Democrats are trying to. Like get Galvin folks out, and, and and I would not be surprised if he announced somebody like Kamala Harris as his running mate. I think that no, 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 no. He should, I he should announce Pete. He, he should announce Pete. I, I think he go Kamala first, I, and the reason why I think he go Kamala first why? is why I think he. Let me tell you why. I think because Pete did so bad with black people. If Pete would have actually been able to come, but he's doing well with black. He's doing well with black people. Uh, he, Kamala, he did, Kamala didn't do well with no, black people. But, black people but, didn't stand for oh, They don't like Pete more, and I think that uh, <laughs> the numbers, right? Oh, like, based on he, what? Based well, on what? I'm looking at the number. I'm looking at the numbers from the thing, right? Like he actually scored the lowest amongst black folks out of every candidate, right? So, like, bro, but, I'm just telling you. I'm just saying, like, right, I understand what you're saying, and I know you're going from the facts. But look at look at that ticket. Look at a Harris Biden ticket. From a social, from a social justice lens, from a from a, mm-hmm. a prison reform mm-hmm. lens, mm-hmm. Look, at, mm-hmm. look at that ticket. I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, he he was the, he was the main architect of, of the crime bill. Crime bill. Right. Yeah, and she I was agree. a prosecutor. And she put she put innocent people in jail. She yes. put parents in jail for for truancy. So you would have you would have the architect of of mass incarceration for president and and the prosecutor for VP. That's like that redundant. <laughs> That's yeah. like redundant on the ticket. That's too much. I mean, no, too much. I, he needs. Listen, he needs like. He needs a soft person. Did she he ever needs- like just own it, acknowledge it, apologize? Did she? Did I? You know, no. I wasn't following her when it's thirty. No. I mean, she. So what Kamala did? I mean, somebody that's also from like her state. What she did was. She tried to play the role. She played the role of look. I, I was good at my job. I lock up criminals. This is what I did. Here's what I think that they're trying to do. I think that they're trying to appeal to the more um, conservative side of the Democratic Party in that sense, right? Like, because I think people have, I think stuff is going so far left that they are trying to not just catch Democrats because they feel, they kind of know Democrats are going to vote for them. What they're trying to catch is that like, that middle group, like, they, you know, they're trying to catch, they're trying to catch the Arkansonians that we just left, right? Right. We were just in a town where we actually couldn't tell who was Republican and Democrat. Like, they're trying to catch that group. I think that a Biden-Harris ticket plays in a place like Arkansas. Like, it's, they needed to play in those middle places, is what I'm saying. Like, the extremes are already gotten. And I don't, I, I think people are just trying Stacey to. Like, Abrams, Stacey, Stacey Abrams can I think, do the same I think thing. Stacey and Abrams, she's likable. I think Stacey likable. Abrams is a, I think she's another person. I think, I, I, I would not be surprised if there's a black woman as a VP on somebody's ticket, though. I just, I just wouldn't. Just the way that I think things are kind of going. But I do think that hair is being. Who, so that, who would be the so, who would be the socialist? Who's this? Oh, AOC. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that that happens, man. I, I don't know who Bernie would would, would pick. I, I, I mean, we can try to speculate. Who do y'all think would be the, for AOC. the people that's remaining? Who do you think they'll pick as their running mates? Um. So Biden, I could see him either going with uh, with Pete or Abrams, as you were just saying. Um, listen, we don't talk about Elizabeth. She's still in this a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. <laughs> now she is. And, and, you know, I I can see her picking Amy, to be very honest with you, uh, which would be a very interesting thing. I definitely could see Bernie picking someone like AOC. Mm. <laughs> you know, definitely. And then putting Randy Weingarten in as the Secretary of Education. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Ran- Randy Weingarten. Because you know Randy wants to make a jump. At, he wants to make a jump lives. at some point. Yeah. And and I can see that happening. He's definitely going Chris. to fill his cabinet with all Chris, union Chris, people. Chris, 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 all Chris, union Chris. people. Chris. And in education, it's going to be all union educators from top to bottom if he, if he gets in. Chris, you know how much Randy makes right now? Half a million dollars, but do you know you think she's gonna make that? that power. This is about power, though. This this ain't about money. The money will come. About yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. money will come. Yeah. This this is about power. This is about being yeah. able to wield it. I mean, listen, like, yeah, man, it, that that that's a power play. I think that's interesting, man. I I, I don't know. Do we want to stay if on this? If it wasn't her, it would be it would be Linda Darling Hammond or someone like that. If it wasn't Randy, it'd be Linda Darling that. Hammond or someone. Uh, you know, 
you know, somebody ought to die and ravage this camp. I can see Wait, that. you can't, bro, you can't, you can't put, Linda, Linda, Linda has her own camp, bro. Yeah, I, 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 get, I, I, I get what, I get what she you're saying. She has her own camp, bro. I, I get she's what done, camp, she's done enough, I, she's, she's done enough in this, um, yeah, I, I, I get what she's done enough in this work to where she has her own camp. Like, mm, as God, somebody, as somebody in California, I will say, and I've been in spaces, like, she is a more level-headed person like maybe her larger vision is maybe more in line with what you're saying Chris but I've seen people on both sides kind of be able to work and converse with Linda Darling Hammond and now I think the person that you're talking about Randy I think Randy is like this is like we dropping down a gavel right this is like we ain't trying to be friends you lost um and this is what we about to do in these four to eight years like we about to wreck shop um Mm -hmm. so I think those people are a little different I, I get you Ray Look at Ray coming. Look at Ray think? coming with level headed. What do you think the rec shop means? But let's oh, I, I, I can, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do let's that. Say, let's say this goes left. Bernie wins. Let's, let's war game. I think, I, I think Randy, 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 would outlaw, Randy would do everything in her power to outlaw charter schools. I think that she would do everything in her power to undo uh, testing. I think she would do everything in her power to undo uh any type of account of like teacher accountability uh, legislation, I think that that stuff would be unraveled and and undone. And I think that everybody would have to pay union dues. I think that um like the Vagara case would be up to the She can't she can't do that. I, but own. no no. But I think that that's I think that that's the the work that she would try to take on around that piece. I don't think it would be much about kids. I think it'll be a lot about undoing. <laughs> You're the, right about that. I, don't, I think it'll be undoing. Uh, a lot of parental rights uh, and making a lot of people have to be in traditional public schools that might not want to be there. Mm-hmm. I think she would, I think all of what you just said would be very popular with a large segment of the American public, mm-hmm. not us and not people like us. Um, but I think there's a lot of people want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would see it as a good thing. They would see it as reinforcing the, the, I don't know what you call it, the the cornerstone of democracy, public schools. Um, and and we would be ruining the day. I think for the 8 million that we always talk about, 8 million black children, um, man, that would be some dark days. Man, that'd be rough, man. I, I mean, it'd be interesting, man. Any other thoughts before we uh, transition? All right, so in transitioning, man. I don't like it when you say I don't like it when you say transition before we transition. That sound that feels. I, I, good I, like I, 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 you about to say something crazy? So I uh, got you. I, <laughs> don't know what's coming out your mouth. Uh, <laughs> if it's the Chris that I know is about to say. So as we move to the next topic, is that okay? I will use that from now on. Yeah, that's better. Now I can't. Even, I'm gonna say that word in my life, and I'll be like, Chris is on my shoulder. Um, so as we move to the next topic. Um, there's been a lot of so-called education journalism. Yeah, but don't it feel good to have order? Don't it feel good to have order on this podcast? Can you tell who threw the topics into the, the thing before the show? Uh, I wonder who. Right. Um, it's but, ironic. It's ironic you said, don't you? Don't we have order as you jump in? You know, <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you terrorize the order? Yes. <laughs> oh, let's start again. So, okay, so here's here's the notes that Charles just got in one minute. Can't say transition, and anytime there's a semblance of order, Ray will destroy it. Got it. New topic is, there's been a lot of, uh, of education, quote-unquote, journalism. That isn't much like journalism, and I think there was a chalk beat report, but aside from that, just in general, there are a lot of people reporting on education, and what they're calling journalism is really opinion opinion columns, but how do you all, Chris, let's start with you because you actually are the CEO of a very large um, educational organization that, that, that discusses education and informs the public around what's happening. What's your thought on the current state of education, educational journalism? I mean, it's a good pitch to me because we don't pretend to be anything else that, than what we are. We, we have a point of view we lift up the voices of teachers, parents, and students and have them have a say that we think is from a place that doesn't get hurt oftentimes. But when you talk about journalism, real journalism, like the actual discipline and practice of what people are supposed to be doing when they call themselves journalists, we're in real trouble as far as that goes. Because we have people that have who, who write for a living, who call themselves journalists, 
who who try very hard to hide the fact they have a little point of view. But I'll just give you an example of something very simple that I keep calling out um, that shows that it's not objective journalism. When they talk about the Network for Public Education, they talk about Carol Burris or Diane Rabbit or any of those folks. They never couch them in, in their credibility in terms of who funds them or who pays them or who, who supports their work. But you get folks like Sarah Carpenter and Kerry Rodriguez and Alma Marquez, and I could keep going down the line. People on our side, is, they almost always have to say um, they're, they're Walton funded or funded by somebody uh, in education philanthropy. That's not something they do to the other side. And when they get called out on it, they don't really have a response. Mm-hmm. They don't have a response other than Oh well, it's just the natural order of things, and and, and of all this is the, this is how I know they have a point of view. There's only really like one or two or three funders that they even mention when they mention the funders. Right, like the organization like mine has many, many funders, but the only ones that they will like pull out are the ones that they know are politically loaded. They will they will pull out uh, um, a Walton or a Bloomberg or a Gates, you know, Bill Gates or a CZI those ones um, and leave all the ones they, they don't ever say anything about Kellogg or Ford or open society or any of these organizations that are funding all of our opposition. That to me shows that they have a point of view. Right. Right. Uh, Reef. Yeah. I mean, I just say, I mean, when you talk about like the, the parent organizers that Chris named, you know, Mama um, Sarah, Carrie, Alma and so many more um, like, the families I know, the thousands of families that I've served, they identify with them far more than they identify with, you know, uh, who they want to like and as the, the queen of education for black children, which she's not like the Diane Ravages and the Carol Burris. Like they, they have no idea like what it takes to educate children in West Philadelphia, in West Oakland and anywhere else around, the, you know, around the country. You know, um, they don't have that experience. They don't have that credibility. They don't have uh, just that positionality, the proximity. And so when you see reporters constantly, uh, I'll use your word, right, caping for, you know, those type of people, instead of really fighting to try to get access to the black and brown families who are suffering the most in, these, uh, in, in our um, educational system. And so when you're talking, when you, if you're a journalist and you're not like really elevating and centering the, the marginalized communities, whatever you say is the public good, who is it not serving? Who is it historically not served? That's the stories that you should be centering. Those are the people you should be looking at, like what worked for you? It didn't work for you for two generations. In the third generation, you found some options and now it's, it's working. What happened? Why is that? How do we replicate that? You rarely see those kind of stories. Right. Right, Ray. What's your, what's your, what are you thinking? Yo, I just want to I want to give a shout out to Reef. That was a conf- yeah, yo. That that argument was concise. It was on point. It was passionate. It was nothing like you usually do. What's happening in Philadelphia, baby? Just stop it. That, that freak flyer got me inspired. I guess. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Ray. Man, hey, so 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 Chalk B, man, I. Oh, man, I read their stories all the time, and um, one it, it's, it's hit or miss with them. And, I, and I'm tired of like educational journalists and like uh, these people that do educational journalism having these hit or miss hit or miss pieces. I want everything to be a hit. Like I want them to cover it the way it's supposed to be covered, and I want them to just cover the news. Like I don't give a shit about who's funding who. Like I don't care about that. Like, people shouldn't be working for free, regardless of whoever's funding them. I don't care. Because if I'm getting funded, that doesn't change my message. That only amplifies my voice. So if I feel away and somebody's funding me to reach more people for them to know how I feel about a subject, how am I wrong for taking the funding? Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, and I, 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 were you doing, I didn't want to cut off your thought, brother. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Hey, yo, I, yo, real quick, real quick. Reef. 
Caping is Charles's word because, like, I, I like I like for people to cite things and I like people to get credit. <laughs> Man, for the you stuff can tell that they these all the bow tie. All the, you know, the only word that come out of your mouth is this dissertation stuff. And <laughs> what are you citing? Where did you get that from? Where who said that? <laughs> look, look at Reef go again in there throwing some punches, <laughs> trying to get that's right. Getting raped right. ribs, that's okay? Right. Uh, and Ray, I feel your pain. Uh, for it. It does work, man. But I, I, here's what I think. I think I, I actually agree with everything you all said. Like, let's just be, I'm fine with commentary. Commentary is fine. Diane Ravish can have her commentary the way folks on this side can have commentary. And like, I like what Ed Post, just what, what, what they do and what Chris just said. We give opinions, like, and we're telling you it's opinions. But what these people are doing with this talk breed or other people is they're doing opinions and commentary and they are dressing it up as if it's journalism. Like, and I think my suggestion is like, we got to get back to the day. Like, we're getting to the point where all I want is just bullet points of the facts. I don't even want you doing conjunctions. I don't want, I don't want you having periods and paragraphs at this point. Just get, just list out the facts and let it lay and then let people just comment, right? Like it almost, you know how when, when, when um, on YouTube, how people used to like sneak in ads and then YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff said, no, you got to say this is an ad. I think that that's what we have to do with where journalism has to get to. Like you can't just be presumed to be an ad because it's New York Times or Chalkbeat. It has to say commentary. Because, you know, and the AP does that for the most part, where they try to, right? It's like, you know, they don't, they don't have a whole bunch of feelings in there. They don't have a bunch of stuff. Hey, 5 p.m., a bomb went off. This is how many people died. This is what's happening next. Here's when the press conference is happening. Because people are reading this stuff, and they are taking it as if it is, it, it is it's law. They're taking it as if, 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 it's, if it's biblical. And when you, you can talk about where money comes from, right? That, I mean, I, I disagree with you on that, Ray. Like that's part of the story. But if you do that part of the story, then do the due diligence and talk about all the money, right? So remember when Chris had to do that, like they had all these hit pieces articles and then Chris was like, okay. And he had like the crazy looking board behind him where it's like, let me, let me really connect this money doc for you thing. And if we're going to start talking about money, now every time you bring up who's getting money, let's talk about who you work for. Because everybody, for the most part, if you get a check in the United States, we can trace it back to some type of billionaire somewhere. That, that's just my take on it, man. I, I, I think that I don't have a problem with Diane Ravage and the platform she has. You built that up. Do your thing. Carol Burris, do your thing. The same way with people I like have built up their platforms. That's great. And I write stuff, too. But when you write, but when we're talking about journalism, there's a clear difference. Uh, and, and, and when people go in already having a side and already having people they like, you, you're not a journalist at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I just think you said they dress it up, you know, as journalism. I just think that, that they're really good at that. Yeah. I mean, they, they would really defend themselves. They would defend themselves by saying they report the facts. Mm -hmm. And if you have a problem with it, it's it oftentimes seen as maybe it's just because you're such a partisan to your beliefs or what you think that you can't see the fact that they're being objective, that they're, they're like quoting some on this side, this side. That's why you have to get specific with them. You have to point out things like Rachel Cohen has almost I, I can't remember anything she's ever written about charter schools that that had any positive note in it, right? Like it, it's a one note kind of act that they do sometimes. Um, but they'll but they'll defend that. You look at their Facebook and they're they're republishing nothing but anti-reform stuff on their own on their own um, in their own social networks, and then they want you to believe that they're being objective when they when they come to the issues. Um, but they don't get called out enough on it. And you know what? They're very prickly people. They have very big egos. And if you push them on accuracy, that's something they have to respond to. As professionals, they have to respond if you think something's inaccurate. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they don't like doing it. They really don't. And if that's why we, you know, people like us have to keep po poking them on it. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you think the solution is, but, and before you give that, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like, like when you see people having an argument, like a couple having an argument and 
the guy will say something like, I didn't lie. And she'll be like, omission is lying, <laughs> right? Like when you omit, <laughs> like that, that's- you sound like you've been in a couple of those brother, arguments. I'm, I'm just talking about- in the I was about to say that. Yeah, that sounds like- I never had that argument. I've never been told that. <laughs> you seen so, it on television before. Why are you shifting in your seat like that? I what wish the doing? audience- why, why is he doing extra right? stuff? Why are you doing extra- <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens. You, you try to swing on Ray and now you just, you just comfortable now. <laughs> you just like, I'm here now. <laughs> Uh, but but that's what that sounds like, right? It's like, oh, I didn't, well, you know, I didn't lie, right? But it's like, well, you listed all these funders, but you didn't list all your funders. You didn't list the funders that your organization shares with uh, the people that you're protecting right now. You didn't, mean, that that didn't come up, right? Like that in and of itself is a lie. So uh, we're about to go into final thoughts, but before we go there, like what is the solution then, Chris? I mean, and the rest of the team as well, I'm only asking you because you run a publication. Um, what do we do? I, I think it's just as simple as you have to keep calling them out. You have to poke them, call them into account, find the inaccuracies, the places where they're just getting the story wrong, and make sure that you just keep poking at it because they have no accountability systems other than that. You see Sally Ho in the, the AP story that she wrote. She wrote an entire piece on Walton Grantees and she did not talk about the entire universe of money that is out there funding people every day who, who call themselves grassroots organizations that are kind of single issue organizations. They're, they're against charter schools and charter growth or reform of any kind. And they work with unions every day. Um, if she's not going to put that in the story, she has to be called out on it. That's the only thing I can think of. That's awesome, man. Uh, let's roll in the final thoughts. Sharif, can you lead us off? Yeah, I mean, back to, you know, what we've opened up with, you know, we have to protect our children, you know, to have six-year-olds uh, locked up. I, I think it made me think of the Scottsboro Boys, made me think of uh, George Stinney in South Carolina, the 14-year-old that that later was exonerated, um, but he was executed. Um, and he was 14 years old uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's just like that line. It's not, it wasn't murder. But it's that line of thinking that, you know, you are less than. Um, I just. He was doing good for a minute, brother, and then you just went out. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? I heard you. Can you hear? Okay. Yeah, I heard you. Yourself? Yeah, I heard the whole thing. Are you not hearing? Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm back. I'm Charles back. is in the bunker. It's all oh, good. Can you hear now? Yeah, I can. It was something with the headphones. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, I mean, that was it. Just the, the first one. The second piece, as far as like the, the uh, Democrats, I mean, we'll see. I mean, this is all, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's a bunch of people. I don't like a lot of what many of them are saying. <laughs> I, I don't think that, you know, they're uh, really talking about the people that I've seen who suffer the most in this country. Um, and so, you know, and we'll see. Chris? Well, on the first one with the six-year-old girl, I think it's a crazy story. It's a crazy call out to us that we do have to watch what schools do. We do have to pay attention to the way that our kids uh, are being treated. And we shouldn't be surprised when we see something like this. At the same time, I think it came up in this show, which you know I'm always going to say, there's some stuff in the home, there's some stuff in the school, and there's some stuff in the community that isn't getting taken care of. And everybody has a role to play in this. Parents have rights, but they also have responsibilities and roles to play uh, in the lives of their kids. I don't think that's always happening. I just want to I love your story about a dad who comes to a school, who has a conversation with their child that their child really can believe it's worthwhile <laughs> enough to stop after them for life. I appreciate that story. Um, on the Democrats thing, I have nothing to say because none of the Democrats are trying to get my, voice, my, my vote. I'm an education voter. I believe in freedom. I believe in freedom for my people. And after 400 years, I think we should be able to de- determine who and what we're taught where we're taught by who and all that. I, I, I just think that's our choice. There's not a single Democrat running that uh, has that in mind. So, you know, so long to that. As far as the journalist goes, um, listen, man, you always tell our parents we're on our own. They're on our own or yeah. we're on our own. I'm, I'm going to tell us just in general, police officers, teachers, 
um, um, unionized journalists, all of these people are on the same team. Stop acting like these are different arteries. These are all different columns of the same beast. And their job is to keep you dumb and keep you compliant. So don't trust or believe any of them blindly think critically. That's what's up. Uh, Marquise, uh, I saw you really uh, fill in what Chris was saying. So I'm going to let you get your final thoughts on tonight's show. And hey, Chris, I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I know I got a lot of pushback, but one thing that I do appreciate about is parent accountability. Um, what the officer did, of course, was wrong. But we have to put ourselves in a position where we're training our our young ones to avoid these situations. And also um, on the school part, um, to have some type of protocol to handle these situations to avoid a police officer having to come in to arrest one of your students. That's what's up. Um, I'm going to do my final thought. And then we're going to, you know, for once, I'm going to look out for you, Ray. And I'm going to let you go last, last and close us out. He's so had nothing crazy to say. You, don't, don't, don't mess it up, Ray. Don't mess it up, Ray. Don't mess it up. Just, just, just have it. Learn how to take your win and go home, okay? Um, my final thought, uh, one, oh, we just forgot to mention this, but we, Arkansas, thank you so much. And this is from all the hands. I mean, that was just some of the best treatment that we got. It was an amazing crowd, amazing folks. And I just love being with those people and being in those schools. It just reminds us what we do and why it's important. To these topics, man, I think um, with the stuff that's happening at school, I think that you actually summed it up really well, Marquise. I think that there's a role that a lot of people play. It's not just one entity and one group, because while this episode was like, this issue was way kind of out there, um, there is a role to be played by students. There is a role to be played by parents. There is a role to be played by schools and educators. um, And we all kind of got to do our role, right? Um, and that's not because, you know, how sometimes people hang on your words. We are, I, I would ne- I'm not blaming a child for anything like that. Um, it's just saying, acknowledging that there's a role to be had. Democrat stuff, again, I, I kind of feel like you, Chris. I, I um, like I mean, I, I want Trump out of there. Uh, I'm trying to see what happens at Super Tuesday when things kind of clear out a little bit more. Um, I mean, I can you know, pontificate and, and, and have theories about what's happening from the strategic side, but I'm still not excited about anybody per se. And, um, but yeah, man, I, I think that as far as this journalism thing is concerned, we do have to keep standing up and telling these stories. And I think every time they hit with one of those hit pieces, you have to hit back with actual real stories, with real people, with real teachers, real parents, and real kids. And I think that's one thing that I did appreciate from Ed Post. And shout out to y'all because Marquise, the reason why he's here is he had 30 parents downstairs and they, it was about parent accountability. It was about not just, don't just, this is my job. This is what I do, but here's what you can do to make sure that you, cause this is your kid at the end of the day. And they use those Ed Post videos and didn't even draw the connection to A Black Hands, but they use those videos with those parents who were kind of in sync with what those people were saying, right? Like every, every parent in that room downstairs said, ultimately all this stuff is my responsibility. And uh, so when I read those journalism stories and all that stuff, it's not grounded in the reality of the West Oakland parents that was just downstairs with black and brown kids that want the best education. Ray. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> My goodness. This guy. <laughs> so much. He is so much. You give, you give, you give, you give, you give somebody, give somebody some rope there, cowboy man. Go ahead, bro. Uh, so, so, so here, here's what I'm saying. Here, here's my final thoughts. Uh, it's to the academics, right? And so, you know, it, it's it's kind of like the folks that tell that want to come in and tell black people where they want where they should put their kids. Like you don't have enough agency in order to make decisions on where to put your kids. So I'm gonna tell you where you should put your kid. Then when I make a decision on where to put my kid and you don't agree with it, I'm not smart enough. And it's the same way with how the Democratic Party is 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 uh is treating lay lay voters or, or lay folks that uh that go out with their vote. So you have a list of academics that support a certain candidate. I don't want to get into the whole candidate because the bros be coming for people. Um and so these academics, these academics you sound support, real scary right now. These academics support this particular candidate. And anybody that goes against this particular candidate is kind of like, all right, well, you're an idiot and you shouldn't be voting and you don't have voter right, voters rights and you don't have the right to do whatever you need to do. And so my message to the lay black folks, vote for whoever the hell you want to vote for 
And at the end of the day, it, your vote is your vote is your vote. And so, you know, there's people that have died in order for you to get the opportunity to go in and, and, and make your vote. So make your vote count. Make it make your vote be what's best for you and what what's best serves your interests, your family, your money. Vote Republican. Oh my God. You know what? The one time you will never, ever, 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 ever be able to close out another show. You you had it. You you had it. We were getting along. You were fine. You were doing okay. And then you just y'all, you've been listening to the A Black Hands podcast. Uh, we will talk to you next week. And we also have some very important announcements that'll be coming soon. Uh, some acts for some more com- uh, commentary and all that good stuff. So we'll, we'll get that announcement later, but thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Arkansas, thank you again. And we will see you all next time. Peace. You have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. <laughs>